Welcome into Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here, great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And let's get started. We've got a big NBA weekend to recap. Jalen Hurts got a massive contract. We'll break all of that down on this episode. And let's get started with the NBA playoffs. Those were the big storylines of the weekend. And uh, the series that I think, obviously the big game was the Kings, the Warriors, Lakers being the Grizzlies. Maybe I was wrong about the Lakers. We'll see. And uh, also another big storyline, the Clippers beat the Suns. And this is a series that, in my opinion, kind of went under the radar because everyone thought Kevin Durant, you know, he, they haven't lost with him. The Suns have not lost with Kevin Durant since he joined the team. Nobody really thought the Lakers or the Clippers were going to do anything to the Suns. And not only did they beat them, they beat them in Phoenix, Game 1. And did anybody deserve having a good game and beating somebody more than Russell Westbrook deserved to beat Kevin Durant yesterday? And listen, we all know Kevin Durant will go down as the better player historically. He has two rings, potentially more. He's one of the greatest offensive talents to ever play the game. We all know that. But Russell Westbrook had just been drugged through the mud since that trade happened. Everyone's like, yeah, Kevin Durant, he went to the Warriors. We saw what happened. Russell Westbrook goes to the Lakers, struggles. He's never going to find it again. All he cares about is his numbers, and, and Kevin Durant was right to leave. Now, again, last night did not say anything to me about whether Kevin Durant made the right decision leaving. I think he did. But it didn't necessarily have to do with Russell Westbrook. The other thing that I loved about it was that he did it shooting 3 for 19. The reason why I like that is because it wasn't like he caught fire and had a good shooting night. It was like, no, he beat the Suns the way he can consistently beat them. Which is 100% effort, tight defense on Kevin Durant, and is the... Hatred between the two of them still there? I don't know. But I do know that they did have a past. And when Kevin Durant left and every time they played up until this point, there's been some sort of scrap. And Kevin Durant has two rings since leaving and Russell Westbrook does not. Now, a lot of that has to do with where he went. He went to Golden State, an already championship caliber team. And I'm not discrediting for that. I'm saying that if you're going to talk about it, you got to be fair about it. Russell Westbrook deserved that last night. There has not been a player in the NBA that gives more effort on a night-to-night basis. Is he, is he a great shooter? Not really, but that's okay. Not everybody is Steph Curry. He gives 100% effort on both ends of the floor. He's willing to do the dirty work. When he went to the Lakers, he was willing to play on the bench. And does the playing style gel with every team? No, but it certainly gels with the Clippers. It certainly gels when you have Kawhi Leonard. And they beat Phoenix in game one at their place. I don't know who's going to win this series. I think it's coin flip. But I do know that I was very happy for Russell Westbrook last night. He deserved that. So hats off to the Clippers. And we'll see what happens. By the way, they were, without, they were without Paul George, and they did that. So, very impressive one. All right, let's go to the Kings and the Warriors. Something that is concerning, if you are a Warriors fan, is the fact that this team 
is streaky. They are very hot and cold. And, like, we all know that this is not the team from 2017 and 18 with Kevin Durant. We all know that, that, like, that was one of the best teams ever. But I do think sometimes because of all the years of evidence we have of them being the greatest shooting team ever, we almost turned a blind eye to the fact that these players on the Warriors are not the players they once were, and it's not because of a lack of work work ethic or anything like that. They're just older. And Klay Thompson is super streaky. Jordan Poole is extremely streaky. Steph Curry at times is streaky. Now, when this team is rolling and the shots are falling, they might just be the best team in the NBA. And I, I don't even think that's an out there opinion hot take to have. I think that's I think everyone would almost agree with that. You would at least agree they're one of the best teams in the NBA. The problem is they're not always hitting their shots. And they're not always playing defense. And they struggle for large portions of the game. Now, I think they can still beat Sacramento. Uh, game ones are always, you always got to be careful, you know, reading too much into it. However, this is not something that is, that just popped up this game for the Warriors. They've been like that throughout the season. It, it is concerning. And I'm not even saying that's a lack of effort, but they are no longer the teams where, where they could just in a second drop 15 points with four threes you pass to Steph Curry pass it to Clay pass it to Kevin Durant like they just don't have the firepower anymore and why Clay's still a great shooter and why Steph certainly is still a great shooter this team is really streaky all on all ends of the floor it's not just like they're streaky shooting or they're not just streaky shooting free throws they're streaky on all ends of the floor it is concerning if you're a Warriors friend, and I think they can get out of this series. The problem becomes what happens when you face Denver? What happens when you potentially face the Lakers? Anybody else in the West? The good news is what what the teams that we thought were great in the West, why why you come out of this weekend, you're still like, oh yeah, they're good. They're great. They all have major holes in the roster. It's for the Warriors, you're like, like I just said, they're streaky. For the Lakers, they are old. Anthony Davis went to the locker room again yesterday. For the Grizzlies, they cannot knock down free throws. Even, why that's true for the Eastern Conference, I just think it's easier to get out of the East. The West has a lot more depth, in my opinion. And so, the good news is, even if your team lost, or if you saw something that concerned you, and you're a fan of a team that's in the West, there is nobody in the West, in my opinion, that is that that like stands out head and shoulders above everybody else. I think there's too much talent, too much depth in that conference, and everybody has a flaw. The one thing I will say is, despite me just saying that you shouldn't read too much in a game ones. Uh, I think the Grizzlies series is over. And the Grizzlies are a great team. But the way the Lakers played yesterday, one game one. Again, I'm not saying the Lakers are going to go far in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're even getting out of the next series. But I think that series is over. I don't know how many games it's going to be. I, I would feel confident. I would feel confident today betting the Lakers. And I know it's like, well, they just won game one. 
but I really try not to do this because I, I try not to let one piece of information that I see completely change my opinion on something. And I will change my opinion on things if I see enough information to do so, but I really try not to just let... So, for example, like if a player has Anthony Richardson, he had an insane throw at the Combine where he hit the ceiling and everybody freaked out about it and it was impressive and it was crazy, but I try not to... If if before I saw that, I didn't think that Anthony Richardson was the best quarterback in the class... I try to let something like that change my opinion. And so I try not to let these games change my opinion too much, especially game ones. But I, I think I may have been wrong about the Lakers. I still don't think they can win a championship. I still don't think they will, but I think they're going to get out of this Memphis series pretty comfortably. All right, let's move on to the East. The Heat upset the Bucks in game one. I still think the Bucks are potentially going to win this series, but it does say something. To me, that game says less about the Bucks, and they did come out flat. I know Giannis had an injury, but that game says less about the Bucks and more about the Heat. They don't have elite shooters like the Bucks have. They don't have, you know, tons of depth coming off the bench. They don't have the size that Milwaukee does, and yet Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler show up in Milwaukee game one and beat them. And I don't think they have the ability to get out of this series. And I'll take Milwaukee still. But it does say something about Miami. And and this is why culture, it's such an underappreciated asset in a franchise. You can't just, and I talked about this a little on Friday, you can't just throw a bunch of talent together. Talent's great. You need talent to win a championship. You need that. But you need some base. You you need some culture and structure in your organization. And that's why Eric Spolstra is one of, if not the best coach in the NBA. And people always talk, and this is my thing, is that people always talk about Eric Spolstra like, well, he got LeBron, he got Dwayne Wade. It's like, yeah, what about all these years afterwards? I understand he hasn't won a championship, but he has had them in the playoffs. He has had them in the finals. It, it is... It is absolutely absurd the amount of success Eric Spolstra has had with teams that no other coach in the NBA and no other team would have that amount of success with. And they have just completely overshot all expectations for every team. I mean, when you look at Miami, and Jimmy Butler is great, and they do have some good players. But who on the team, who who, how many stars do they have where you're just like, yeah, they're going to make a run in the playoffs? And I'm not saying that they're going to make a run in the playoffs, but to win game one and to completely shift the pressure of the series to Milwaukee and you get to go back to Miami, it's going to be an interesting. They are going to make Milwaukee uncomfortable. It just shows you how great of a culture Miami is with Eric Spolstra. How about the Knicks beating the Cavs? This one was a great game. I think this series could potentially go seven games. I think the teams are are fairly even matched. Where Cleveland has more shooters, clearly New York has more physicality. And we'll see what happens in the next game. But what I love about this series is 
neither one of these teams is projected to make a run. But whoever does win this series, you have to admit, and I know I'm saying this again after me just saying I tried to read too much in the game once, but you do have to admit, whoever gets out of that series, whoever wins it, do you not think, and, and I'm not saying they'd be favored, but do you not think that they could at least push a series against Milwaukee or potentially Boston six to seven games? They they both got shooters. New York is, is super physical. They're both well coached. They both don't beat themselves. And I think Cleveland in particular, but New York too, but Cleveland, they match up so well, in my opinion, with Boston. Because Boston now, now I will say Boston looked completely and utterly dominant. But Boston, when you look at their team and you look at what makes them uncomfortable, it's efficient teams. It's not necessarily teams with a great shooter, with a great three-point shooter. And that's why Atlanta's not really a good matchup for them. Atlanta's really talented, and Trey Young's great, but they don't match up well with Boston. Cleveland or New York are efficient. They don't beat themselves, and they're well-coached. And that is Boston's, when you look at who they struggle against, those are the teams that give them fits. And I'm not saying I predict Boston, Cleveland or New York to beat them, but they would that, that series would go long, and I think, and I do think they would have the potential to beat them. I, I don't think it would be crazy. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they did beat them because I think that as great as the Celtics are, I, I think those two teams just, just match up so well against them. And so that would be interesting to see. All right, one other series. Well, Philadelphia, by the way, uh, they look great. And we'll see what happens I think obviously they're going to win this series in four or five games. And it's nothing against the Nets, but they're just really young and and they'll get there eventually, but I don't think they have it. I I don't think it's quite in the cards for them to do it this year. As for Philadelphia, they are one of those teams that you really want to pick and, and I think they could go far. But it is just you have all these years of them stalling in the playoffs. And I think this year they could get out. They, they easily could get out of the East. J.J. Reddick said it uh, on Saturday when he was calling the game. He said, this team is poised for a deep playoff run. And it's like, yeah, they are. But they always are. And for whatever reason, they just can't get out of the second round. We'll see what happens. They absolutely could, talent-wise, culture-wise even. But we'll have to see... Will they wear down? Will they wrap up the series when they should? Because there's been a lot of times other years where they've been up 2-0, uh, 3-1, and maybe they don't let – they'll never let – they typically don't let the team that they're up against come back, but there have been series where they've been up like that and they let them push an extra game. And that extra game, that extra mileage on Joel Embiid hurts – later deep in the playoffs and so you got to wrap up these series when you can and so we'll see what happens with them but 
that 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 series, uh, it, it really is is about Philadelphia. And again, like I said, nothing against the Nets, but they're just they're too young this year. They need to add a couple more pieces, but they are really good. All right, let's go to the other series, the Nuggets and the Timberwolves, and the Nuggets just completely dominated. So much to the point where people are saying, why was Nikola Jokic playing so late in the game? And that doesn't matter to me as much as what I think is important for the Nuggets is that this is a year for them where if they get through this series comfortably, and I think they will four or five games max, they get to sit there and rest. And they get to see, because I think the Kings and the Warriors and the Grizzlies series, all of those series are going six to seven games, in my opinion. So they get to rest. They get to see who they're playing, uh, watch them, and we'll see what happens with the Nuggets. But this is the year, in my opinion, where they have got to make a deep playoff run. Like like a deep deep playoff run, like Western Conference Finals to the finals, because the question is gonna. And I love Nikola Jokic, and I do think he's criticized a lot for no reason. But when you win back to back MVPs, why may not win it this year is in discussion for back to back to back MVPs. You do have to start winning conference championships and getting to finals appearances and being in the conversation. And this is the year to do so. They're going to get rest. They get the one seed. All these other teams are going to beat each other up. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, and before we go, we're going to shift to the NFL because Jalen Hurts got paid today five-year contract worth up to $255 million. So, yeah, he got paid. Uh, But what was interesting to me about this is I think the Eagles, not by a lot, but I do think they overpaid, and they are going to be up against the cap a little bit. And I think they knowingly accepted this. And I'm going to tell you why I think they did. Because I think they see the drama that's going on with Lamar in Baltimore. And they've seen the drama the past couple of years when you don't pay the quarterback. And by the way, I think it th- th- this is early to pay him a little, by at least one year. But he did get you to Super Bowl. And I think the Eagles are like, hey. Let's show him we trusted him. It keeps him happy. It keeps him working hard. It completely, it completely eliminates the questions in the offseason about signing him. Now we can just focus on football. And they were willing to pay a little extra now so that they didn't have to deal with that headache and that drama next year of, are you going to pay Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts this. Are you going to pay him? How much are you going to pay him? Jay, reports, Jalen Hurts is unhappy in Philadelphia. They put, they just absolutely put an end to that today, and maybe they overpaid for it. But you know what? There's a lot of things in life that are that way. That in order to not deal with nonsense and drama, you sacrifice now. You sacrifice a little bit now in the moment to not have to deal with that. And so I thought it was smart. They just completely now allow their franchise to focus on football. Jalen Hurts is now allowed to focus on football. He knows he has their full support. And we'll see what happens with Philadelphia. I mean, he got to his Super Bowl. So it, it is important. That, that, that It's not like he hasn't done anything to get this. Do I think it's a little over... Do I think it's a little bit too much? Sure. But Philadelphia is willing to take that hit. 
All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.